Hey, everybody. Before we get to the episode this week, I wanted to let you know there's going to be a couple of timeline inconsistencies. We had originally recorded this episode on March 7th to be released on the 18th. That would have given us time to squeeze in a Captain Marvel review uh, to be released on the 11th. Um, But as we sat down to record yesterday, Johnny had a family emergency come up and we weren't able to get that episode done. So for now, we're just going to put this one out and maybe try to get a Captain Marvel episode squeezed in between now and our next scheduled episode. As always, feel free to write into us with any questions or comments you might have at fhccast at gmail.com or on any of the social medias at Fresh Hop Cinema. Enjoy the episode, everybody. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello, hello, and welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a podcast about craft beer and film. My name is Max Minotti. Why is your voice so down? I don't, then I don't, I don't know. I All don't right. Know. Yeah, this is sorry. Kermit the Frog, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who are you? I'm Johnny Summers, and together we're your favorite podcast in the uh, known multiverse. Indeed. This is episode 116. We've been doing this for quite a while, but if you've never heard the show before, we cover two craft beers and one movie every single week. And in case you haven't seen our movie of the week, we don't spoil it until what we call the danger zone. And you'll get one to maybe two more warnings before we spoil it. So don't worry if you have not seen Fighting With My Family just yet. That's right. And if you want to follow us more in-depthly, check us out. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the social medias at fresh hop cinema you can also follow us on untapped for some good good beer ratings and all kinds of fun stuff and letterboxd if you want to follow both of our personal profiles so you can see what we rate movies and stuff uh, also we've been doing a fun thing and it's actually working a lot if you would be so kind as to screenshot listening to the podcast on your phone and share it on your feed whether it's twitter instagram story facebook story and tag us We really appreciate the 24-hour advertisement. It shows us that you love us. So keep that up. We really appreciate it. Yeah, mostly it shows your friends that that you love us. And they're like, who is this cool podcast? And maybe they'll check us out, and then we we grow our family just a little bit. We might love them, and they just don't know it yet. I mean, that's how all my relationships have started. Right. So right on that note, too, if you you haven't had the chance and you've been a longtime listener or for some reason just really love this podcast based on this first minute and a half, uh, go ahead and leave us a rating or a review, uh, and that would be awesome. You can just leave a couple – unless you're going to leave like a one-star review then uh stick to what you're doing uh please don't leave that review for us yeah definitely five star review onlys yeah onlys 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 so so a couple weeks ago i took a trip to oregon and i came back with what you might call a hall of beer h-a-u-l not h-a-l-l and we're gonna be doing two of those beers today on the show the first one you brought a hall that could fill a hall yeah a hall that could fill a hall of beers uh the first one is by a brewery called fort george they're out of astoria oregon and their beer that we are drinking is called skies of wonder It's a double IPA that clocks in at 8.7%, so true to the name, a very strong alcohol-focused IPA. It is a New England style, a little bit hazy, a little bit juicy, and on Untapped, again, you can find us on there, but it has an aggregate rating of 4.3 out of 906 individual ratings. Johnny, you've sipped it once. What do you think? I'm very underwhelmed. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) This beer's kind of not really much of anything. It's very, it lacks shape. It okay. lacks structure. It's not giving me much definition. Like, this beer doesn't really know what it wants to be. It's kind of too sweet. It's, like, a little bitter, but you're not sure why. It's kind of, like, orange peel bitter, not hop bitter. Uh, and it ends, like, like sugar water sweet almost. Mm, yeah. Um, not not too big of a fan of this beer at all. 
So I, I had it on draft. It was after a very long day in which myself and my friend Brian almost died. Masa. Masa. I know him. Yes. You do. This is a callback. We should do that like every six months. Like, I know him. You can't say that it's a callback. You're that right. makes the callback. We'll just edit that out, maybe. Come on. Um, anyways, we tried this on draft after after many, many hours of driving through the snow and like hard driving, like blizzard chain type weather. And we found this little place in a town called Talent, Oregon. It's about uh, 20 minutes north of Ashland. It's funny because when you were there, you were the talent in I Talent. Wish. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was really, really good. And, and I can't speak to the fact or maybe I can assume that it was because of the long day because it's not as good out of the can as I remember it being on draft. That said, I am um, more – well, I don't think that overwhelmed is the opposite of underwhelmed, but I am less underwhelmed than you. You're adequately whelmed. Yeah, I'm very whelmed. Like this is this is not terrible. I think this is still pretty good. It is it is very sweet. I think you're on point there. But like in line with your quote-unquote like basic New England IPAs, this is right in the middle. It's uh, It's – pretty average you know this is below average i will oh really it's definitely not in the middle so i would say that the only um thing that well at least one of the things that i would call to pointing to disagreeing with that is like the high abv it does not seem like it's an almost nine percent beer that doesn't make a beer good though see i would argue that in the right circumstances it does no that's like saying just because uh white wolf vodka is high in abv that it's quality liquid i mean for the price like I don't know. It depends what your goals are. If your goals are to be sophisticated on this show like we are, and you want to taste as many beers as you can, this is maybe not sophisticated. the best. But if you're trying to get shmammered on some high ABV double IPA, like this is a pretty good way to go. How much did this cost? Uh, I have it right here. I think it's five ninety nine. Four Locos cheaper. Your argument's right, well. crap. <laughs> but you can't say you're a cool beer drinker if you do Four Loco, man. Yeah, if you put it in a sweet little glass like this and stick your pinky out, you could. That's a good point. I do want to throw out, too, there wasn't a whole lot uh, on their website about the actual tasting notes okay. on this. That's because it's not that good. And I'm like, there's an argument there. What they did say is Skies of Wonder is a periodic Imperial IPA release, always evolving and packed into color-changing cans. Um, what? No, nobody can see this, but maybe the- we'll try to post a before and after picture you see this orange circle on the on the can here doing some coors light mountains blue type stuff a little bit it's a bit of a turnoff to me but this was bright orange and now it's kind of fading to a yellow so drink it while the sun is orange the sun is setting literally and figuratively on this beer that's actually literally what they say they say for proper cold storage keep that circle orange this was made Mm. which rhymes kind of and they say nothing rhymes with orange uh, it was made of Citra, Mosaic, Azaka, and Idaho 7 Hops, which, just on paper, we should both love this beer. Yeah, and like, like, It should be great. Yeah, but it's not. And it's not. And it tastes like it was made with a handful of white sugar and uh, orange peels. Yeah, a little bit. It's not, it's not good. This is definitely lower echelon as far as quote-unquote average hazy IPAs would go. I think uh, there has to be a bit broader of a sliding scale. You can't say this is like average because average is something you'd buy a six pack of. Yeah. Like okay. For me, sure. hazy little thing from Sierra Nevada is super average, but it's drinkable. Like I would put some, a beer of that quality and that price point yeah. somewhere in the realm of my like medium for hazy IPAs. Uh, that sounds fair to me. Anything worse than that is crap. Anything just better crap than, and yeah. gold. No, that's like that's like the the mark where like okay, this is the medium because I'm not a huge fan of the style, right? So it has to at least hit that benchmark for me to like consume it. All right, with like fervor and you know to throw money money plum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well that seems seems fair. It is like as I'm drinking it more, it is very sweet. That it's is too sweet. It's a pretty big turnoff. I think when 
like I think the the easiest way to mess up this style uh, is to a just not make it hazy, make it like a regular West Coast IPA, but then B is like to just oversweeten the crap out of it. And I think it's a pretty common trend with strong ABV ones. Yeah. Uh, they can fall into that pitfall. And I think this one does. Granted, I didn't have this experience again on draft. So uh, it might have been the fact that this is in a can or the fact that I was exhausted from 11 hours of driving, probably the latter. I feel like they were a bit over concerned with this beer not tasting too strong and too heavy. Mm. And yeah. they probably went a little overboard with the. Uh, the other flavors and it just did not translate. Yeah. It reminds me of orange gummy candy. Oh, that's a good, that's a good way to go. Yeah. Which uh, is not, not what a great I want thing. Yeah. Nobody likes drinking that. beer. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I don't know. You want to read it? Um, yeah, I think this is one to avoid. Okay. I'm, I'm not a fan. I'm going to give it a 2.5. That's pretty low, man. Yeah. You've been no. like digging the low numbers lately. Well, if a beer's not good, I have to be honest and yeah. I could save somebody six bucks. That's that, true. Like, yeah. That's a good point. Trying to get their swerve on. It's also worth noting, um, if you don't know this, we're a Chico, California-based podcast. This is not, I don't think, available in Chico. Johnny, you might be able to correct me if you've seen Fort George stuff around here. Um, No. This is like very concerning. I know this is obviously not accurate, but the sure. only numbers I can find on this can are nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, I so I looked it up. Like <laughs> I don't understand. Um, this is the problem with like their website. They didn't have a whole lot, and we even reached out to the brewery um, yesterday. Yeah, um, we shouldn't give them a whole lot of time, but still, like the 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 nomenclature surrounding this. Like I don't understand the nineteen ninety nine. It's also got like a code name. They literally say on the website code name. Um, something i can't remember what it was i didn't write it down but it's probably because it's a rotating series right so that's what i figured but it wasn't explicit so i don't super know i'm pretty sure the 1999 is julian dating but i'm oh. not oh we looked this up one time yeah so either that or this was made in 1999 <laughs> um, or like maybe conceived the idea of this but that doesn't seem right yeah it's, no you're probably right the julian yeah. dating so, uh, yeah. i mean i've had better stuff from fort george right they're available was, yeah. on tavor Right. Every once in a while. Have you downloaded the app yet? No? You bad friend. Right. Okay. Um, so <laughs> you can get some cool stuff. They do a yearly IPA collab called, I think it's called Three Way or Three Points. Okay. Uh, and I ordered some and it was a collab with, uh, I believe, like Modern Times and another brewery. I can't remember which, but it was a really good hazy like IPA. So I know they make some good beer and I've had stouts from them also from Tavor that I really did enjoy. So... Uh, I mean, you know, a brewery reached out to us and said, hey, they can't all be winners. And uh, that applies to this circumstance as well. Yeah. In that case, too, Fort George, if you happen to hear this um, and you think we've maybe missed the mark, write us. Uh, let and us know what we should drink instead. And <laughs> fight me. And uh, maybe we'll we'll approach another beer. Um, should, I'm going to give it a 4.5. Should shout out uh, should we? The, the brewery. That, should we? Yep. Uh, Why not? All right. I mean, you know, it okay, takes, sure, it you're takes, right. wait, let's close this beer. first. Okay. So that's a 2.5 for me. Yeah. And it's a 4.5, which I feel is a bit generous. I was going to go 5.5. And then, Blah. yeah, that was too high. 4.5 feels good because I drank mine. And oh, I'm going to yeah, drink gonna... more. I enjoy it. It's just uh, very, very average and uh, I, whatever. It's fine. It's not what I'm looking for. So anyway, a bit generous of rating from him. I think a fair rating from me. And that was Skies of Wonder from Fort George out of Astoria. Yeah, which Oregon. the sun is setting forevermore. Yeah, this beer. but you were getting at a thing. Somebody wrote us on Twitter. A oh, brewery. yeah. I wanted to shout out Jackrabbit Brewing because we reviewed one of their beers on the show. Uh, the Coffee Stout. Yeah. Did that a few weeks ago or a month ago. I can't remember. Um, and they, they hit us up on Twitter and like thanked us for the review. And Which said, is super, super baller. Yeah. That's a really cool said, move. You know, sorry, they can't all be winners. So I thought that was a tight move. Like, I respect them as a brewery for that. 
and it makes me want to reach for more of their beers. Yeah, so they actually have some new stuff coming to Chico. Jackrabbit does. We we covered that beer in episode one eleven. So so yeah, about a month and a half ago, give or take, when we covered Beale Street. Um, if Beale Street could talk. So I'm excited to try some of the new stuff. I think that's a really commendable approach to like address somebody who didn't love your product and be like, hey, whatever, man. Like we're making stuff anyways. I've been waiting for that to happen because like Yeah, we just talked about this too. Yeah, because I'll uh I'll trash a beer on the podcast and then like tag the brewery on Instagram. Right. And then they'll just like the post. Right. It's like, come I'm on, like, dude. You're promoting your own bad press, yeah. but any press is good press, right? I suppose so. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, let's move right along into flick picks, shall we? Let's flick it a pick. If you don't know what this part of the show is, it's where we talk about some movies that we've been watching that aren't the movie that we are covering necessarily technically for the week. It's a flick of the pick that we have picked. Yeah, exactly. You get it. Um, so I want to, I want to go ahead and start with a movie that was recommended to us by a listener, Nick Land. He wrote us in saying, I hope you guys cover this. It's a Netflix film called behind the curve. And it's a documentary directed by Daniel J. Clark, sort of chronicling the rise and um, uh, weirdly strong uh, following of a flat earth group. Yeah. Can I say one thing before you get too deep? Please. Uh, Nick recommended this film because he is a firm believer in the flat earth movement. Oh, you're going to say that about him? <laughs> so if you wanted to like get into any conversations <laughs> sure, about that, sure, um, sure. he's on Facebook, let's see, let's, uh, Instagram, let's see Twitter. Yeah. yeah. So we'll shout his contacts out at the end of this That's, segment. I'll tell you where he lives. Um, but yeah, again, Nick Earth, big believer. Did uh, you just say Nick Earth? <laughs> yeah. Nick, Nick Earth, Flatland. Nick, Nick Land. Yeah. Big, big, big flat earth guy. I'm fine with this. So I think he'll take the joke. It's uh, not a joke. Sure, you're right. All right. We're gonna he takes it very seriously. We're sir. gonna play the trailer for uh for Behind the Curve. Enjoy. First time I ever heard about flat earthers was I think when I was in space last I can't believe I'm talking about well versed in just about every conspiracy. You know they made up dinosaurs. I completely solved the JFK. This is what it is. Anyone ever told you the earth is flat? I caught his smile and wasn't violent. Nobody wants to admit that they've been told what's happened to every one of us. They look like a crash by the sun. I mean, we've got songs. Why isn't it? Online, you'll see so-called evidence that seems scientific, and you go, huh, maybe they're onto something. Science is having a problem combating what we're doing because they don't know how to address it. I want to believe this. So, this is a simultaneously lighthearted and harrowing look into a belief system held by a surprisingly high number of people, including Nick Land. Yeah, there's a there's like a brilliant moment in this documentary though when we're encouraged not to like ostracize or belittle these people. Yet by the end of it, it's like hard to feel as if we're supposed to do anything else. And and I can't tell after watching it if it's just the way it was directed or if it's actually the subject matter. Like, I this we did this we've we did this a long time ago. Everybody, was it Galileo. I don't know. This? It was it was. 
a lot of people over the years that have proved that this is, but the whole, it's a conspiracy theory um, stating basically like NASA and the government and people that tell you the earth is a globe are lying for some reason. And, and the general consensus is that we're on a flat earth um, sort of encapsulated in a, in what they call it. I think it's called a filament. Uh, that's not right, but some firmament. It's like um, an ice trap. It's like a right? globe. Oh, and then around the edges. That's how we Stop. explain not finding the edge. It's like an ice wall basically. Yeah. Cause we've totally been to the wall. Right. And yeah. that's the, the dude that's kind of one of the main founders of the movement. His name is Mark Sargent. He's like, it's like Game of Thrones. We've got this big ice wall. Um, it's a really interesting look into the minds of some of these folks and particularly the, the if you can say leaders, I guess that's a way to say it. But leaders feels too generous. Um, it's very much like for me, the, the, the interesting part was like the psychology of sort of the the group think the hive like, mind. The hive mind. Yeah. It's like a lot of these people have um, self-proclaimed themselves as like outcasts and whatever, and like sort of ostracized by their own families and friends. And like finding the sense of community is really interesting. And I feel like almost to the point where they could care less what it's about. It's just the fact that they have this camaraderie. Like it just have easily could have been like church or a yeah, cult. like whatever, or, man. You know, uh, dudes that play golf. Yeah. Um, so it's it's an interesting look. It's about an hour and a half, give or take. Um, I will say about 25 minutes in, I'm like, how can this be another, you know, hour? Yeah. Um, so if you have a moment, I would say check out behind the curve. It's available on Netflix. Um, let's just, but at your own risk, let's just hope that, uh, being a flat earther somehow goes hand in hand with being unvaccinated dude. Well, that's and this so, problem. will just take care of itself. So like I said in the beginning, like there's this really interesting moment where there's a convention of like, I think it's astrophysicists or something. Yeah. And one guy goes up to speak and he's like, it's easy to make fun of these people. Like they're, they're clearly off base and are not using any actual scientific research to think of this, but in, in another life, if they were raised differently or taught differently, like these are inquisitive minds that, that might've been really good for science and they were just steered wrong. And um, the low road is to just shove them to the fringes of society. But the, but the thing to do probably is like, try to hear them out and talk to them and, 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 figure out why they think this and try to show them the right way. And maybe they can be beneficial in the long run. And I, I feel like that's sort of the message that this, this documentary almost wants you to take away. But by the end, it's like, they don't really take that stance wrong. It's like more like these people are crazy, which is the easy thing. It's like, yes, of course they are. They're nuts. I don't want to, whatever. But I like, know. that's uh, why me and Nick land have so many sure. heated debates about this, man. It's, <laughs> um, just, it's, it's irritating. Yeah. But I'm glad he had you watch this. I don't yeah. think it converted you like he had planning. No, no. But again, behind the curve. Yeah. Um, it's it's so fascinating. Um, you know, and one thing, I haven't seen it, but I would think a good piece of advice, too, would be um, not only be patient with people, but also be educated. Sure. Like, could you explain to someone why like, the earth is round with math? Not with math, but I do feel like I could explain it, especially after I've been putting a lot of thought into, into it after watching this documentary. I mean, there's some, like, pretty, pretty basic things you could do, um, but... I like where your head's at, like, try to be patient with people. And, like, yeah. Just just if you can avoid making fun of people. I feel like a lot of the mentality of these people, like, they've already been made fun of their whole lives. Yeah. It's like, don't double down and just push them away from hearing you. Yeah, man. That's the difference between having a conversation with intelligent arguments on both sides and having an argument. Sure. You know, people that are reasonable can have a conversation about things that they disagree with and, uh, you yeah. know, the other person and still go to the bar and have a beer. Right. Like I do with Nick Land. 
Sure. You're really sticking with that. <laughs> what did you watch this week, my friend? You have something that I did not ever consider might come up on this because it's so old. Yeah. As it turns out. Well, we decided to do this segment, and um, it's pretty vital to like watch movies every week sure. for this segment. And I only watched one other movie. And it was from the AMC's Top 100 Best Movies Ever list. Yeah, totally. Definitely <laughs> not that. We got to do uh, that again. Yeah. Right. I need to get back on that. Yeah. Uh, but anyways... I revisited a movie because they just put it on HBO and it was there and the lady had never seen it. So I watched Date Night. Sure. That's right. 2010 film directed by Sean Levy <laughs> starring Steve Coral and Tuna Fey. I thought you might appreciate that. <laughs> I thought it was funny when uh, I wrote the notes. Steve Coral and Tuna Fey. For me, that was a good joke. All right, that was. Thanks. You incorporated The Office into that Mm. with the tuna reference. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this was the first time I had absorbed this movie post-Office Obsession. Oh. So it's really fun going back and watching Steve Carell's movie career uh, with the lens that he is Michael Scott and he forever will Especially in that time. Like, that's very, very much like Michael Scott. Oh, yeah. And if you ever go back and watch, um, what is that one where Uh, he was a spy? Oh, yeah. yeah, get smart. Get smart. Yeah, he's just doing Michael Scarn. Yes, 100%. like the whole movie. Yes, so it's really fun to go back and enjoy his roles, and also Tina Fey's amazing. Sure, she's one of my favorite comic writers. I've been in love with her since SNL, and that's uh, great. And it's great to see them together. They've got great chemistry. So, yeah, we curled up on the couch on a Saturday. I think it was rainy, and just just watched this this movie, and it was a great time. There's a few laugh out loud moments. Uh, Gal Gadot is in this movie. She has a a cameo as Mark Wahlberg's girlfriend. Right. What's just real quick, the plot in general. So it's about a married, like 40 something couple with kids that have uh, a date night every week at the same place. And they order the same thing. And it's to the point where all the waiters know their name, like their friends know what they order on date night. So it's like, they're kind of stuck in this, this loop of normalcy and the routine of marriage and life. And so Steve Carell finds out that one of their friend couples is getting divorced and because it was kind of all the same. And right. One day. Yeah. Yeah. So he has it in his head that they're going to live dangerously and they decide to go into New York City and try and get a table at this restaurant. They steal a reservation. From the Triple Horns. From the Triple Horns. Yeah. And that leads to a series of... Hilarious events because they get caught up in conspiracy and crime. Because the triple horns are intense people. They're they are. bad guys. And the triple horns are actually played by James Franco and Mila Kunis. Oh, right. Which is yeah. hilarious. Yeah. There's so many cameos yeah. that you're just like, oh, you're like way more famous now. Oh, you're great. Uh, oh, you're Wonder Woman. Right. So it was just a silly goose, like feel good, kind of a cheesy cornball comedy movie. So. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend going back and revisiting it, especially if you're a fan of The Office, uh, because Steve Carell. Right. You said you could watch it on HBO. They just added Yeah, it? they just put it on HBO, and I don't know where else it's streaming. I think it's on Netflix. Um, I could be wrong. I think you are wrong, because really? I looked for it not that long ago. Okay. And it wasn't streaming anywhere. So, Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Again, that's Date Night. Came out in 2010. Yep. When we come back from our break, we're going to talk about Fighting With My Family. It is a movie that is out, and we're not going to spoil it until much later. So come on right back. We're going to have a real good time about wrestling. 
Guys, if you haven't been out of the handlebar right here in Chico, California, you should do so. They're located at 2070 East 20th Street, and they have a quite wide selection of German pub fare and traditional American pub fare and craft beers, but most importantly, a fantastic happy hour. Every single day of the week from 2 to 6 p.m., you're going to get $1 off any of their delicious and ever-rotating draft beers. Go check them out. Handlebar right here in Chico, California. 2070 East 20th Street. All right. Um, so we're getting into a film called Fighting With My Family, which is a uh, British slash English. About domestic violence. Uh, yeah. No. I guess I should say British slash American um, comedy. It's a family comedy about a family who wrestles. This was directed by Stephen Merchant. And I'm just going to read what the uh, Rotten Tomatoes synopsis said. Do it. It goes like this. Oh. Remind me to talk to you about Rotten Tomatoes. I will. I'm making a note. Born into a tight-knit wrestling family, Paige and her brother Zach are ecstatic when they get the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to try out for the WWE. But when only Paige earns a spot in the competitive training program, she must leave her loved ones behind and face this new cutthroat world alone. Paige's journey pushes her to dig deep and ultimately prove to the world that what makes her different is the very thing that can make her a star. Spoiler alert. I suppose so, right? Jeez. Yeah. I don't know. Actually, she failed miserably, so. Right. She didn't make it. Anyways, this this movie stars a couple of people who you might know. I'll start with the ones you don't. Florence Pugh and maybe Pug. Uh, I'm not sure. Let's go with Pugh. Uh, She plays Soraya Knight, our main character, uh, Paige, as her name is changed to. Jack Loden plays Zack Knight. Lena Headey, who you might know as Cersei. I thought her Uh, name was Lena Headey. Mm. Heady? I think it's Heady. 
Lena. I don't know, actually. Either way, she's awesome. And it took me like a half an hour to realize it was her. Oh, really? Yeah. I was like, why does that chick look familiar? I was like, yeah. Oh, my Right. God. So it's Cersei from Game of Thrones. And with the filming of the final season, like wrapped up months ago, it's really nice to see her kind of like stretching some comedic muscles here. Totally. Um, she was great. She had some great lines. Right. Nick Frost is also in this uh, as Ricky Knight, the kind of dad of this family who is like in every Simon Pegg sort of movie. Yeah, you'll ever. know him from Shaun of the Dead. Sure. Hot, Hot Fuzz. Fuzz great. End of the World. Yeah. All, all those movies. Stuff. Um, and there's there's some other folks here, but we're also just going to mention Vince Vaughn as Hutch. He's sort of the recruiting officer slash trainer for the, uh, I, I don't know, uh, prospective WWE, I yeah. guess. Um, and NXT, then, the, 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 yes. the experimental like, right. trial league, essentially. Also, The Rock is I was going to say, honorable mention sure. to Dwayne Johnson. Who was also a producer on this movie. Um, he found He found sort of... I think it was a documentary. He was in his hotel one night and he found a documentary about this family and he, he hit up the, uh, the director, Stephen Merchant, and was like, we should make this a full biopic. And they, they did just that. Ramblam. Right. This movie came out on Valentine's Day of 2019. It runs an hour and 47 minutes long. It's rated PG-13 for some sexuality, some uh, language, mostly all in like the context of the British terms of the word. So like different, but also offensive in a different way. Screw me dead and bury me yeah, pregnant. Right. That was um, my favorite one. It was great. Um, yep. it's made like $16.2 million as of March 6th. So doing okay. It hasn't seen a whole lot of screen screens, uh, worldwide, mostly the United States market. So, so had you heard about this before we decided to cover it? Not really. Me neither. Like a little bit, which is a bummer. Cause like I, I was quite charmed by this yeah, movie. That I was, was very good. I, I think the extent of my exposure to this movie was a couple of like Instagram ads. Yeah, sure. And that's about it, which is kind of a bummer because same as you, I think I uh, I was charmed a little bit. Yeah, uh, it's a really kind of formulaic underdog story. Yeah, but done in a different lens, the lens of wrestling. Right. Um, I liked lots of elements about this movie. Uh, overall, yeah, I think it was uh, it was a fun time. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to, just to sum up my initial thoughts, I'm going to read my Letterboxd review real fast, which oh, is... Oh, if you don't follow us, you should follow him. What's right, your, like, like, at Max Minardi? It's just Ma- yeah, it's probably just Max Minardi. Um, if you want to just search me on Letterboxd, it's Max Minardi Fresh Hop Cinema. Big Max um, Minardi's big giant brain. But I've been trying to be better about, like, when I see a film, logging my thoughts right away. So this is right when I got back to my car from the movie theater. And I said, in all bold notes, kids, use your words. And I crossed out words and said, arms, and choke each other out. Lovingly. Um, I saw this in a theater on a rainy Tuesday in a town in which I do not live. I'm not sure if it was the brilliant casting, the script, or the the based on real life, quote unquote, story disclaimer, uh, me being away from home, or some combination of it all, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, the Knights are a family of quote unquote misfits who have a family dynamic that any of us should strive for. They're just wonderful. Vince Vaughn is fantastic, by the way. He's aging super well into like the hard but fair, like loving dad vibe. Totally. Um, and my God. That wink. It's like every time he's in a movie, like he gets that one wink and it's like, oh, I, I fall for it every time. Um, he it, winked in this movie? He winked once at the very end. When, well, uh, Danger Zone, I suppose. Um, it's also really worth noting that this movie cares about its auxiliary characters. Like even the bleach blonde cheerleader slash dancer girls are given some backstory to make them real people, which in at least my perception of uh, the world of wrestling is quite refreshing. Totally. And we have a, like a really satisfying sibling rivalry arc. Yeah, like this is this is this movie hits a lot of boxes for me. It was a surprise. I mean, are you done? Yeah, I'm done. Don't want to interrupt. Yes, thank you. It was a surprisingly well crafted 
movie. Yeah, I thought so too. Like we watch a lot of movies and there's a lot that are not as well put together sure. as this movie. Um, it was a bit formulaic at times, but also like you said, it had unique uh, elements to it. Like giving those little tiny backstory bits, you know, just the little teasers and um, you know, it really was endearing. You had a lot of feelings about a lot of the characters and there was this, this gang of like children from oh, the neighborhood. I, yeah, that part's so good to like, the whole thing. Like, that whole element of like they're not only like a wrestling family and they put on productions to make money, they're also teaching like children right. that like are kind losers. of like at risk right. almost. Like, yeah. Um and a blind kid. So cool. Like that has to be true story stuff. Yeah. Because right. like that if you wrote that, it'd be like, stop. Yeah. It's like, all right, you're, relax. You're pandering. Like <laughs> you, you can it. have a make a wish kid in there next yeah. two. Like calm down. That's another great 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 <laughs> Dwayne. It, it was very great. Yeah, very good. Are you the bad guy from You guys are the you guys make wish kids? <laughs> uh very funny. Yeah. So very I, funny movie. It was really That's funny. Too. And this movie charmed the hell out of me. Like, I'm glad you used that word because I had noted it. Like, I was very just enamored and charmed. And it yeah. was, it made you feel all the things it wanted you to feel. Like, it was very uplifting at times and very, you know, depressing and cringy at times when someone just changes everything about themselves to try and fit in. Oh, that was rough, yeah. That was so cringy. There's um, beautiful family moments. And she's got, like, a very healthy relationship in a very, like, dysfunctional yeah, it's but so functional cool. family. Like yeah. her dad's always saying he's going to have to go back to like robbing banks to support them. Yeah. Like it's just great. Yeah. And like, I love uh, Nick Frost in this movie. Yeah. He's great. Whose name sounds like he should be a superhero. Right. He's not, what, who's the guy, Nick uh, from Samuel Jackson. What's his character's name? It's Nick uh, something. Uh, I don't care that much. Oh about my Marvel gosh. Movies. Nick uh, Fury. Fury. Nick Fury. Yeah. That's like, what I was thinking. I feel Nick like Frost? they should just hang out. Yeah. Nick right. Frost, Nick Fury, come with us. Right. So no, I think like, one of the most satisfying subversions of stereotypes was like the, the dumb blonde model girls. Yeah. Like um, there's a point later on when we get sort of like a, um, a reality check to our main character from them. It's like, Oh, sorry, we are actually not these vapid dumb girls. Like we had here, here's reasons why, which I won't spoil now, but um, I thought that was very refreshing. Yeah. Uh, it was, yeah, it was very good in general. I think a lot of the stuff was very nice. Honestly, I really, I liked this movie. Probably 40% more than I thought I was going to. Yeah. Like I was expecting, um, I want to give a shout out too to, to a relatively new listener, uh, Lauren Lindley, who kind of turned me on to this movie in, in the first place again, like wasn't on my radar and she was like, you should see this. It's like perfectly good for what it is. Nice. And I agree. Yeah. hundred percent. Like it's very good at what it is. Can I just say too, that I was watching this movie through a very specific lens. Sure. And that was the lens of a man that had a huge fascination with wrestling when I was a younger man. I was going to ask you about that. I assumed you maybe did. That's um, an odd assumption. Well, I like guess. I feel like like UFC is sort of like the natural trajectory of like totally. WWE stuff. And I know you're into that. So yeah, no, I grew up on wrestling. I watched like Monday night raw every week. Like right. I followed it. Uh, and I think the, the gal that this movie is based on is within five to eight years of my age. I, right. I would say, so, like, I grew up watching Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestle, and she had, like, his poster in her room. Right. So this movie was very, like, nostalgia-y for me, too, just because, like, I do remember loving the showmanship and and everything about wrestling. It was really cool. So, like, I knew what NXT was when they mentioned it. I'm like, right. oh, the, yeah. the, the league in Florida. Like, that's where they send people that they are working into their system. Right. 
And like anytime an old wrestler is on like a podcast from the generation I grew up watching, like I'm listening to it. And it's a really great documentary out right now about Jake the Snake Roberts, if you're interested in it. Um, but yeah, so it really checked some nostalgia boxes for me too, just watching the 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 progression of her and I I loved all the wrestling references and it right. I, I got a kick out of it. So there's this scene with with Jack Loden's character, Zach Knight, the brother. Um, and he has his Zodiac girlfriend, Zach. Zodiac Zach. I can't think of his girlfriend's name, but they have like a get together with with both of their sets of parents. Oh, that was great. And and as a wrestling fan, I would I would assume that like the moments where um, the girlfriend's parents are like, but how can you really care? Isn't it all fake? And like the entire family's like, what did you say? Like <laughs> I think that must have been so satisfying to be like, yes, finally. Like because it is. They I think the distinction they make is like. Okay, it's not fake. It is. It's uh, scripted. Script. They say like uh, script fixed. Uh, scripted. Yeah, yeah, maybe they do. Um, which is something that was like, as a non wrestling fan, or I, I don't. Not that I don't like it. I just have never been a fan. Like, did that seem true? I don't know how much you know about this. Like, they don't really have like a move list scripted. They just kind of like trust each other enough to know how to adapt to each other's actions yeah and like kind of have a general script for what they're supposed to do they they have kind of like an outline and it's up to them to fill in like the blanks of the outline um but it comes from doing it so much like right it's yes quote unquote fake in that it's not like real combat but although for it's really it's like it's more like theater you know you're watching a physical performance uh which if you can click into that uh, in the entertainment aspect of it it's a lot less corny right um, but yeah, I've watched enough documentaries. There was a really good one, I believe on HBO. You can look up where to find it about Andre the giant that I just watched not that long ago. And there was an interview that they did with Hulk Hogan about doing a match with Andre the giant. And they had like a set kind of plan and they would get together and talk about it. Like roughly like, you know, these things are going to happen. Then this is going to happen. You're going to do this. I'm going to do this. You're going to do your finisher. And then I'm going to you know, get pinned. Right. Um, but then like Andre, the giant would like to do some, some wrestling jazz right? and, uh, and mess with them and like actually throw them across the ring and stuff like that. But, um, for the most part from everything I've, I've read and all the documentaries I've watched, it's definitely, uh, it's scripted loosely, sure, but it's more of like the interpersonal relationship and like the working relationship inside the ring right. with the two people. Cause to, yeah, they're, they're just portraying characters. Yeah. But it's um, up to them to like figure it out right. and work together and make it look cool. There's a couple of scenes in this movie that I feel like really sort of encapsulated the actual dangers of it. And one of them is when they're at that dinner and um, Nick Frost, uh, Ricky is like, if it were fake, would I like, would I have broken my leg seven different places? And like, you can bend three ways. And the other's like, there's a scene where after the brother doesn't make it after Zach doesn't make it, he's sort of doing like these exhibition sort of scraping the bottom matches where some opponent like decides to on the fly, just like throw out a cup full of tacks and mm-hmm. like slam him on. It's like, Ooh, I wouldn't obviously commit to that, but you're involved in the, yeah. in the sport and you have passion for what you're doing. And like, it's, there's some very real moments that happen in wrestling. Yeah, I mean it's it's really a it's a real physical yeah. feat, right? Like it's just, it, yeah. that'd be like saying Cirque du Soleil is fake. Sure, like it's, you still it's get fake slammed. on the same level, right? Yeah, right. It's yeah, it's not combat, but it's it's not real either. Yeah, you know what I mean, but like you to say that it's not real, it's like sure these people aren't fighting each other to the death, but like people are getting hurt. Yeah. Like, like, oh, and you yeah. have to be in amazing physical shape right. to do that because wrestlers travel. Like 300 plus days a year. Yeah. I mean, that tour, like Monday Night Raw, they're in a different city every single Monday and they're performing at incredibly high levels. 
and I'm not going to say they're not on all the steroids. <laughs> uh, I was, I believe it was in that same um, doc that yeah. I was watching. Yeah. Uh, I think it was, it was somebody talking about um, steroids. Right. I can't remember. It was just steroids in regards to wrestling. And they were saying they were doing them mainly for recovery. Hmm. Like just so they could yeah. snap back. Interesting. And like do the same thing at the same level the next week. So yeah, that's nuts, man. Yeah. I know way too much about wrestling. So and I, I haven't talked about yeah. it in like, Right. Probably 15 years. So I have pulled up what I think is the documentary you were talking about. Does that look right to you? Yeah. Uh, just came out not that long ago. Right. It's called Andre the Giant. came out in April of 2018. It was distributed by HBO. So if you have HBO, you can check it out. Um, yeah, man. I think I think this was a very heartwarming way of looking at wrestling for people, especially like from my perspective, who don't have a huge window into this world. Mm-hmm. Um, made me more interested and less like, mm-hmm, it's not even real fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just stupid. And it's like, no, I have more appreciation for it now. Totally. Uh, and I can't stress enough how great I think Vince Vaughn was in this. He was really good. Just, just awesome. Yeah. That, his, his, yeah. his performance was so subtle. Yeah. He's, he's like, I feel like he just really settled in. Like after true detective season two, I feel like he's really found his groove. He has uh, subscribed to the theory that less is more on screen. Sure. And I yeah. really like that. Because yeah. I was listening to a podcast and they had, I can't remember his name, but he was the drummer from She's Not She's All That, uh, That Thing You Do, uh, that Tom Hanks directed, very first movie Tom Hanks ever directed. Uh, he was on the 500 with Josh Adam Myers, one of my favorite podcasts. Gotcha. Um, and he was talking about acting tips that Tom Hanks gave him. Oh, okay. Which is kind of relevant and cool. Sure. Uh, and he was saying the best advice that Tom Hanks ever gave him was less is more. Don't try and fake being interesting. You already are. And it's like, it's going to show through as long as you just have the confidence to know that. Right. You don't have to pretend to be interesting because you already are. Yeah. Fair enough. And like Vince Vaughn did that in this movie. Like he is interesting without trying to be interesting. Yeah. He's just being. Yeah. And that's acting. Yeah. So. All right. All right. Vince Vaughn with a surprisingly good role in this movie. So let's, let's rate fighting with my family. Um, all things considered, we thought it was not going to be as good as it was. Totally. We were both on that page. Um, and very, very enjoyable for the most part. So I, I will chivalrously let you go first. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, there's a few things that factor into this. There's the nostalgia. There's the enjoyment of the cast and the chemistry and the underdog story, which is always it's always good. It's always good. Yep. It makes you feel good. Yeah, there's no way sure. around it. Uh I like this movie. I would definitely watch it again. And that's saying something for as many movies as we watch. This movie is a strong 8.5. 8.5. That's that's a really good rating, man. 8.5. I, I really liked it. Who, sure. Who, if you would have told me that like we would have walked into this and this movie was beautifully crafted right. and like well put together yeah. and had a, a clear, concise storyline and it was edited well. Yeah. And, like it was great. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm yeah, I'm very excited for this. Like I'm I'm excited that I have a movie that knows that it's a popcorn movie, knows mm-hmm. that it's a feel good underdog movie and does that well. That's one of your things is cuz we were talking about this during Jurassic Park. Sure. The or Jurassic World, the yeah, newest yeah, right, one right. about popcorn movies. Know what you are. Know you know what yeah. you are and then be that thing. Right. And I think this really like it just it just sinks into it. Like it's it knows that for the most part, there's no giant plot twist. It's not trying to throw us off guard. Um, it gives us satisfying emotional arcs, does them well. And I'm going to give it an 8.2. I would easily watch this again. I would show people this movie. Yeah. Um, and and also, like, it's it's not your traditional American comedy. 
So there's some some beats in here that maybe don't resonate super well at first, but if you get to know these characters, I think with a rewatch, this would be extra good. Yeah, if you're not familiar with the British or English style of dry yeah, it's comedy, so just, it's yeah. fantastic, but yeah. it is an acquired taste. And yeah. if you're unfamiliar with it, it could come out come off as a little bit uh, not palatable. Yeah, sure. So, or at least trying. What, like just, I, yeah. what I love, and I think it's a testament to the crafting of this movie uh, and the quality at which it was produced is that we've barely talked about the main character. That's a good point. Yeah. Like there's so much, and I'm sure like once we get into sort of plot specifics in the danger zone, we'll probably touch on her a little bit more, but Hey, no. All right. (laughs) It's something I like to say, man. Yeah. Um, uh, But no, you're right. Yeah. There's, there's a lot to talk about in this movie. Um, outside of just like, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened. Yeah, I feel like it's noting uh, worth noting before we jump to the danger zone that the main character, she was great. She was the actress, you mean? Like, yes. The, yeah, she was fantastic. I'm going to shout out her name one more time. That was Florence. I hope it's Pew. P-U-G-H. Well, we're not going to call her Pug. We're not going to call her Pug. You're right. And I don't know what else I've seen her in, but she she did a fantastic job. So, yeah. I could take a guess what you've seen her in. Uh, can you? Maybe. The... the Oh, mm. maybe. Okay. Let's, well, let's talk about danger it. zone stuff. Danger zone. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. very dangerous. Um, when we do come back from that break, before we get back to this movie, we are going to talk about our second and final beer. Uh, I'm going to apologize in advance to you, Johnny, because it does have lactose and any longtime listener knows you are lactose intolerant. That's right. So I'll be drinking the most of this stout, I assume. Um, but we'll do that. And then we'll talk about some hot and bothered material. And then we'll get back to some spoilers for fighting with my family. So if you haven't seen it, listen to all that stuff, then pause the podcast, see the movie. And then come listen to it. We'll be right back after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. All right, we are here in the danger zone, everybody. Feeling dangerous. We made it. Tell them what the danger zone is and why they should be terrified. Okay, so the danger zone, there's a couple of things that happen. Number one, towards the end of it, we spoil our movie of the week, which if you haven't been listening for some reason, is Fighting With My Family. So if you haven't seen it yet, we're going to spoil some stuff. Who hasn't been listening? I don't. I just think, like, I know, like, we provide the episode timelines, and I know some people skip around, so I don't know, whatever. Some people think that the danger zone is more funny, which I think uh, is probably true, because that's the second part. We tend to lift any ban that we've had on adult language. We try to keep things relatively PG-13 in the beginning, and at this point in the usually evening we say fuck that that's exactly what happens um so that's what we're doing we're gonna first start with a beer that johnny would probably say fuck you to me (laughs) for drinking because like we said earlier it's a stout with uh, lactose and johnny is lactose intolerant but i am very excited about this beer my co-host is selfish a deke and he's wearing don't i I see i don't want to tell anybody about this i just want to like show up in public and like have people i was gonna say almost punch me a burgundy shirt but whatever dude good looking shirt it's yeah, fine. A lot of people don't like burgundy. It's fine. <laughs> oh, man. You poured yourself an ounce, like maybe an ounce and a half. And I, uh, I'm so sorry. Anyways, maybe you can tell people what we're going to drink while I pour some. Some fucking shitty beer with no, See, this is the problem. I think you need to say that it's <clears throat> people just can let me it. speak. It's right. my turn. I have the oh, floor. All right. Yeah. All right. I stout. So this is like an Apple-inspired stout, I'm assuming. This is from 8Wired in New Zealand. This is an imperial stout with lactose coffee and vanilla, clocking in at 10% with uh, garage gravelly, what is it? Aggregate. Aggregate rating of 4.2 out of 5, with a total of 1,362 votes on untapped. 
As listed on their website, the I might be in lowercase, but beware. This is a capital beer, brimming with luscious roasted coffee and chocolate malt flavors, drizzled over a scoop of velvety ice cream. I stout Afogato is a balanced by a brisk bitterness and bold hoppy freshness, remixed by the addition of lactose, coffee, and vanilla in the brew. As with all our beers, this is a very modern interpretation of a classic style. Right. So if you don't know, affogato is an Italian term for when you literally, you pour a bit of espresso over ice cream. And I like in that description, I don't know about bold hoppy freshness. That seems kind of out of left field to me. Yeah. That doesn't uh, make sense. I don't get any of that from this. Um, but Ooh. maybe that's just me. So you're making your uh, poop flavored face. Yeah. Like you made a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What are you getting that you don't like? Oh, it's 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 nickely again. Not again. Yeah. Again with the nickels. It's very tinny. Okay. See, I don't get that. I'm. What'd you say the ABV was? Ten. Ten percent. So immediately for me, it does not feel like ten percent. No, but that's just me. Also, it does not feel good. Really? It's fine. I feel like you've been flipping lately with like stouts. Granted, whatever what, that was episode one fourteen, I think, with the tea bagged by a satchel full of nickels. Yeah. This doesn't. Ha- this isn't that bad. No, it's not. It's it's okay. It's nothing I would write home about. It didn't really need the lactose. Uh, lactose is added to beers for what reason? Creaminess. Exactly. It adds yeah. mouthfeel, it adds body, sure. and it adds layers to a beer yeah. that is uh, otherwise a bit lacking in those areas. That seems right. And and I, I, you're right. This doesn't add a whole lot of like creamy mouthfeel. No. There is a whole lot of chocolatiness to this stuff. Yeah. Which yeah. I think is pretty good. And it is a better uh, coffee presence than yeah. some of the beers that we've had right. recently. But if I could speak for you, and I think you were just getting at this like, you would enjoy this beer. You would be able to enjoy this beer if it didn't have a lactose. And since it doesn't add much, just leave it out. Honestly. Like, I don't know how many people are lactose intolerant, but you can get them in your market by not adding that. Cause it, it's not doing what it's supposed to. It smells real nice. Yeah. It does smell really good. It smells almost like a, like a truck, like an old, you know, when you walk into a coffee shop after a hard day of making coffees. Wait, what? Like they've had a hard day of making coffees. You walk in, it's the end of the day in a coffee shop is what I'm saying. Very coffee forward, very sort of burnt espresso flavors, can, can a little you, warm. Can you write a song called sure. end of the day at a coffee shop? Absolutely. I have to shorten that to be a little bit uh, more artistic. Just but call, I, it, I end, do it. call it end of shift. So end of, that's a good idea. I know. That's I'm what good this beer at, should be bro, called. I'm good at naming shit. So this was, this was six bucks. Got this in Oregon as well. Um, we should shout out uh, the market of choice again in Ashland. Um, Sup, Andy? Andy, uh, yeah, yeah, if you're listening, um, I like this beer a lot better than that other beer. Yeah, because it was really brewed the this. century. That's true, and it's not an IPA. Yeah. But the um, point is, we've got a bunch of those beers to go through over the next couple of weeks probably still. Um, and I, I think this one's pretty good. So, you know, I'm sorry you don't like it. I'm into this. You can't drink much of it anyway, so I don't mind you not liking it. I don't necessarily hate it. It's okay. just uh, underwhelming on a couple fronts. They make bold claims. That's true. And it doesn't really live up to those claims. I would think, you know, this is one of those beers that we should almost uh, taste and review before we read the description. Mm, I'd be an interesting I approach, think we should yeah. just start doing that because yeah, the descriptions add preconceived notions. That's like if I tell you that there's an adjunct, then you'll right, look for you'll it. Find it and be yeah. like, oh yeah, I yeah, really is yeah. pronounced. I taste the pumpernickel. You know that that grapefruit presence yeah. is really yeah. pronounced, and it would have never been there. You'd said it tastes like a rusty vacuum or something. Sure. So classic descriptors. Honestly, you know, Max. Um, is this, I don't know, man. I think this is this is worth your time again. Like six bucks. Uh, it's not in the Chico market necessarily, but it is. Oh, is it really? It's available at SNS Produce, brought oh, to you by another your Andy. local Chico Andy, <laughs> Andy, yeah, the superior Andy. You don't happen to know? I assume it's around the same price. Yeah, but, right around the same okay. price point. 
and it's a pint can. So like, I don't know if you want to grab this, if you're feeling like you can ball with your own money, Ooh. six bucks. Like if you're that big of a high roller, do it. Split it with a friend though. I think would be the way to go. Or drink it to the dome. Sure. And then email us. This would be a great uh, Pocock challenge, I think. Yeah. Email uh, it, uh, your review to us, and we might shout yeah. you out. You never know. Did we say email at the beginning? No, we don't need to. It's fine. We'll talk about it at the end. That's fine with me too. Okay. All right. Let's rate this beer. Okay. Uh, you go first. So I'm going to give this a flat six. I think it's fine. It's middle of the road. Uh, it does a lot of what it says it does, but it doesn't really deliver on the mouthfeel that the lactose would deliver. So I think it really is missing that. And if you're not going to put enough lactose in to soften the mouthfeel and give it a bit more body, why bother? You could have told me this is just a regular stout and I would have believed you. So it's fine. I like the coffee presence in it, though. It's It tastes like good coffee, which is nice. And it tastes it tastes like... Uh, if you go to a really good coffee shop that you're familiar with and you go there all the time and you ordered like a, a mocha, yeah, you know, with like above average coffee and, and decent chocolate, I think it's fine. So the only thing that I would, I would maybe raise against that is that like, I do get some vanilla. Like there's some sweetness here that tends to happen for me, at least on sort of the, not quite the very end, but like, well then call it a mocha with a pump of vanilla. Sure. Uh, yeah, that seems right. But like. The only thing that's wrong here for me is the lactose. There's not really a lactose presence, like you're saying, except for me, that's not going to dock it to a six. I'm going to give it a seven because I still feel like it's a decent beer. Um, I wouldn't buy it again for six bucks, but if I saw it for four, I would buy this beer for sure. Um, it's been warming up too for the duration that we've been recording. So it's it's about where it should be for drinking. Um, so I guess in that sense, it's probably at its best. Um, so a seven feels good to me. Okay. Yeah. Again, that is iced out. From Eight Wired out of New Zealand. If you see it, try it. Let us know what you think. Moving on to Hot and Bothered. This is going to be an interesting take because there's a show that's been circulating on Netflix. It's called Russian Doll. Johnny talked about it a couple of weeks ago. And it's essentially sort of this um, uh, Groundhog Day adjacent type series. Um, and everybody and their mother seems to love Russian Doll. So I'm going to go first and talk about my Hot and Bothered. And weirdly enough, Russian Doll is both my Hot and Bothered because I watched the first episode of this eight-part series on an elliptical, uh, of which I haven't been on in weeks. How long are the episodes? They're about, they're a TV half hour. So they're like 24 minutes, usually 25. Um, and I was not happy to be on the elliptical, but I knew this show was on Netflix and I thought this will help me pass the time. Now, the pilot, the first episode of this series is one of the worst episodes of television I've ever watched in my whole life. Hot take. Just, I'm going to have to get through all aspects of this, but it's like, like it takes place in New York and this girl, um, Natasha Leone's character's name is, uh, do you know? I can't think of it. I'm just going to let you drown here. That's fine. I don't care. Uh, she plays somebody who is like this sort of, um, very much, um, not likable. I think by design, like not likable person. She's abrasive. Yeah. Very abrasive. Um, sort of like, like you would watch if you would expect like Bill Murray's character in the first 20 minutes, you don't like him because he has to grow as a character. Essentially she's this, but with like this crazy accent, like, like Vigo Mortensen's character's wife should have been in the green book or in green book. Like, Hey, it's just, Hey, I'm just living my life. Fucking, you know, doing my smokes and stuff. Like she sounds like this the whole time. And it's so hard to get past. She sounds like every Jewish lady from Manhattan that smokes like two packs a day, which they do point out, which is, I think, a good move. Anyways, this is a New York that I think I said this to you in a text, like imagines every single person, like 
in the 30-ish age range as a hipster and like the worst iteration of hipster, like the most annoying, like, oh, just the worst annoying hipster in the world. It's a terrible pilot. Now, I said this on Facebook and everybody whose opinions I respect were like, I loved Russian Doll. Johnny, you told me you loved Russian Doll. A lot of podcasts love Russian Doll. It's got like a crazy good rating mm-hmm. everywhere. It's because it's real good. And then you told me, go, you need to give it a chance. Mm-hmm. So I have watched to this point now the first four episodes. Okay. And I like it a lot more. Okay. So so without spoiling Russian Doll, obviously, because it's clearly built for spoilers because of the nature of the show. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm giving it a chance. I like it a whole a second episode was miles better than the first. Um were you on an elliptical? No. Let's, wait, wait, wait. No, I was. I was. For the second and third episode, I was on an elliptical, but all right. I'd had a whole day of conditioning, so it was better. Because I mean, dog, like if you tried to get me to watch a series yeah. and like I'm just I'm like I'm dieting. Okay, you're I'm right. gonna fucking hate it because but, like I'm angry yeah, I don't have food. I know. See, I get that too. I but I all I felt like my my logic was that okay, I'm on an elliptical. So anything I watch is going to be so much better because it'll distract me from the fact that I'm on an elliptical. But you were in a bad mood in need of distraction so, and also thinking probably critically like a little bit more negatively than you would normally because you were doing an unenjoyable thing. Maybe. But what I have heard from a lot of people is that they like basically binged the entire series. And my theory is that people sort of tend to just kind of forget about how bad the first episode is and focus on the overall goodness of the show. See, I don't think the first episode was bad at all. Well, that might be the case for a lot of people, but for me, the second, third, and fourth episodes are all wildly better than the first. It definitely gets better as it goes. Right. So so I've just been introduced to a second character who is very important. And if you've seen the show, you probably it's a it's a male character. Then you probably know who I'm talking about. And yep. if you haven't, um you'll you should watch it, I think. Um anyways, so Russian doll is both my hot and bothered this week. I'm gonna try to finish it out over the next couple of days, have a review ready for uh next week's episode. So um, I was wrong, but also not. Okay. And that's where I'm at. All right. What about you? Although I saw what you wrote for your hot and bothered, so. <laughs> yeah, Max is wrong. Right. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I had. Yeah. Yeah. Seems fair. Mm-hmm. Although, do you wish to change that now? Because I kind of have tweaked my opinion just a little bit. Mm, no. All right. That's it. That seems right. No. That's in line with what I thought you were going to say. Yeah. No, not until you watch the whole thing and then come back to me about how okay. fucking awesome it is. So I want to ask you, having seen the whole thing, and you still haven't seen the second Happy Death Day, right? No. Okay. Um, the ones that come to mind for me are like Groundhog's Day, uh, Happy Death Day, like Edge of Tomorrow, uh, maybe others, but then this. Like, where where does Rush and All sit in that sort of... Um, it starts with a P is the word I'm thinking of. Uh, pa- Paradigm? No. Um it's like what you call the Greek gods, Pantheon. Pantheon. Yes. Where does it sit? That's a really strong word Thanks. for these movies. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's like a it's like a genre specific type thing. Now. Yeah, but they're also all very unique and self contained. They are. That's like saying all action movies. You know what I mean? They okay. they have like kind of a formula. So, sure. but they're they're all playing in different universes. One was a sci fi war movie. One was about. A weatherman that hates his life. Okay. One was about a woman trying to solve her own murder. I guess. So you had three different genres of movies simply forking off from the fact that they're reliving the same thing over and over. The through line that I saw was that it was about the central character. And again, like I don't, don't spoil it for me, obviously, but like the main character has to realize that they treat people badly and they have to relive this day until they learn to be the best version of themselves. Um, you know, in 
a broad stroke that's somewhat what this is about, but sure. it's way more of a deep dive into repressing trauma. Yeah, okay. And and yeah. a lot deeper psychological mental health type issues and the way that we as a society deal with them. Yeah. So okay. I think your take will be a little bit differently once you consume the rest of this series because it definitely had a fresh take. There was a great moment. And again, like I was on an elliptical in a public gym, more or less. And um, she, uh, Natasha Leone's character is sitting down to talk with her like neighbor who is a psychiatrist. Is that her neighbor? I guess you'll see. All right. Um, and she says like, I guess her mom used to be one of the psychiatrist patients. And, and she said like, what the fuck was wrong with my mom? And then the psychiatrist goes, don't confuse your mother with her damage. And I like out loud in this gym, I went, fuck yeah. And like somebody looked at me and I went, I, I just like tried to look at them and be like, I'm watching a show. It's not gonna make sense to you. And back to <laughs> yeah. On the elliptical. But there are like moments in the show where I'm like, okay, like this is a, like a much more quote unquote, like woke take on, um, what this, what Groundhog Days could have been. Yeah. And it progressively gets deeper and more involved. Yeah. Okay. So, so I'm looking forward to the last four episodes. Honestly. Yeah. The show should be consumed as a whole piece of piece of work. Sure. So, Fair enough. I mean, I think finishing Russian doll, that's probably going to be my hot this week. Like, Sweet. That's you know, really good. Cool. So definitely worth the watch. Okay. I'll make sure to, to finish it up then by the next time we sit down. Word. You want to get back to fighting with my family? Let's spoil that bitch. Okay. So, um, well, I don't know where you want to go with this. Uh, we've covered a lot. The rock is great. Yeah. There's that scene you heard in the trailer where he's like, you want some advice? The fucking rock doesn't take no shit. But like, it turns out it's actually like a really sweet. He's like, that's what you have to do. Like win the crowd over. Well, and he was explaining the difference between like a persona and who he is. Right. And I loved the analogies. He was, he's like, that's, that's still me. The volumes just tweak. It's been right. a remix, right, right. you know, turn up the bass, turn up the volume, tweak the treble. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, The Rock's just great by default. He's great. He's a maze. I'm waiting for the movie where he makes a reference to his uh, Maui character in Moana. Like, there's going to be a moment where he's like, he like throws in like a, what can I say except you're welcome? Yeah. Like, or, just, or just he'll say it in a, that that timber of, right. you're welcome. Right. And so, wait, did you just say that? Did you're he like just in the theater so you can't rewind it? And then- yeah. That'll be a good moment. Dude, how hard are you waiting for the Maui standalone movie? Like, that has to happen. I don't care. Bro. I mean, like, a little bit. You but- should care. There's other movies that I want to see. Whatever, dude. You know? I'd, but I'll, I'd watch it, obviously. It'd be, be very good. They just put Skyscraper on HBO. Did they? Probably going to watch yeah, that soon. Sure. <laughs> uh, you, were, you, you know what you were bothered should have been was Spider-Man. Not being able to uh, watch that. Oh, yeah. That would have been good. Well, at the date of this release. I mean, still, it doesn't matter. Like, Yeah. I went to, to buy, buy Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I wasn't ready yet. Tell the people what my bothered is, please. Well, we like we like to do a thing where sometimes movies come out in a two pack, and one is a DVD and one is a Blu-ray. All of them do yeah, that. It now. seems that's the case. Where yeah. I'm, I am behind the times, um, and we will often split them. But you're not because we found out your PS3 can play Blu-rays. Bro. I still haven't played a Blu-ray on it. Like I'm, gonna, I'm still. I'm sticking. gonna bring you one. I have Ted on Blu-ray that I'll give to you. The Mark Wahlberg, yeah, uh, Teddy Bear movie, yeah, Ted D Bear movie, yeah. Okay, I'll watch that. Yeah, it's good. If you're not seen it. Uh, I've seen it. It's yeah, just, it's pretty funny. It's fine. Yeah. Visually stunning. Sure. Great first Blu-ray to watch. Sure. Um, <laughs> so really just soak in the teddy bear. Do you have any spoilers you want to talk about um, for Fighting My Family? I think we should talk a little bit about the, the main story arc because we didn't really touch too much on it. Can I also just say that like at this point in the show, after a couple of drinks, you can sort of effectively slur every word in this movie and still gets the point. Of, you want to talk about Fighting My Family? Yeah. <laughs> Fighting My Family? I loved her dad. Yes. I texted you because I was I in an empty theater. Yeah. 
And I texted you something, and you should let's fill in the blanks here. I'll, if you want me to do it verbatim, I think I know. He texted me, and we saw it the same day, like hours apart. Mm-hmm. And and hours <laughs> Johnny and says, um, "Hey, does does the Nick Frost character remind you of anybody?" And 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 I said, "Like, no, not off the top of my head." And he was like, "Well, yeah. Well, how about me in like twenty years and like fifty pounds or something?" Yep. Right. Something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Uh, and to your credit, I said. Definitely more than fifty pounds. Yes, and, uh, he's that guy's like fifty something. But and also, I'm glad you didn't just automatically be like, yeah, that's yeah, totally, totally you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad you brought it up. I was gonna say <laughs> I was setting myself up for like major crushing. Yeah, sure. Like, yeah, totally you. I'm not bro. that guy. I wouldn't but, do that. No, her dad has uh, a sweet mohawk, a beard, um, um, obvious disdain for sleeves. Yes. And, oh, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's just always in a cutoff shirt with like, and he's covered in tattoos. Sure. So I'm like, dude, if I had kids, yeah. I'd teach him how to wrestle yeah. and just be Nick Frost. Yeah. He's, he's a, he's a, that's the thing too. Like he's a really good dad. He's a likable dude. Totally. Um, and I feel like we're set up to look at things from more of the, uh, brothers, girlfriends, parents perspective, like these weirdo outcast people. We'd never in high society would we sit down for dinner with these people, but they're actually like really loving parents. And there's that moment in the end where, um, she decides she wants to quit the, the WWE tryouts or whatever. Yeah. And, and her Dad is like, you can't give up this opportunity. Your brother's like, you can't give up this opportunity. Your mom's like, whatever you want to do, we've got yeah. your back. And eventually your whole family comes around to it. And it's like, oh, I love it. Yeah. I want that support. Totally. Yeah. Like her whole family dynamic reminded me of like what it'd be like if I had kids. Because hmm. like I grew up with friends that like their parents looked a lot like the parents in this movie. Mm-hmm. And they were like the coolest. Oh, really? Most functional, like honest, open, like probably shouldn't say this but like got drunk with their kids like when they were in high school yeah, because, definitely like, shouldn't but yeah you're not naming names just, so you know, whatever like, but like just like the understanding and like you're gonna get drunk anyway let's just yeah be safe you know but like that level of of intimacy and, and affection but also looking dysfunctional you know and not having a stereotypical cookie cutter upbringing you know in the yeah, suburbs sure. it's it's it was nice to see that portrayed on film just like you know just because a family doesn't look like every other family rocking khakis like yeah you can, right you can have a mohawk and tattoos and still be a really good dad also if you're wondering by the way who steven merchant is the director of this film he is the dad did i mention that earlier he's he the dad. dad of the girlfriend um at the dinner like the really straight edge kind of nerdy dad yeah who also played um that's him yeah that's the director oh snap um, who also played like cala cala calabar or whatever from logan the uh the agoraphobic oh yeah, yeah it's the same guy okay um which i was very surprised i think it's really cool when directors kind of inject themselves in like yeah you know style into his own movie yeah and it's like play like the maybe maybe not the most likable guy but like you don't get mad at him you just He's like there. The guy that doesn't understand what's going exactly. on, on TV. And then by the all. end, like, he's like, oh, okay. I kind of get it. And there's that moment where the mom is like, uh, what does she say? The girlfriend's mom, like, like that bitch. Yeah, that bitch. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, Sorry. She's like super into it. And there's those great, like Lena Headey or Heady moments where they're at the table and she's like, oh, you should, you should see the, whatever she says. I don't oh, know, his, his, when he was talking about his broken leg, he's like, it bends oh, right. both ways. She says, you should see his cock. Uh, sorry. His, his penis. You should see his penis. <laughs> And then they did like the same with like a uh, bollocks bag, sorry, ball bag. Yeah. Which I don't, it seems worse than right? bollocks bag to me. Well, but we're, we're not British. American. Yeah. Yeah. No, she was great in her little one liners. Yeah. It was good. I want to watch the documentary that about this family. Yeah. We should dig into that. See if we can find yeah, it. I'm going to make a note about that. I don't know what it's called, but they were the, the Knight family. Um, anything you want to say about the real life portrayal of like, I know there's a couple of cut scenes 
in the credits where they show like certain moments of the family watching her win her diva's uh, belt. Oh, is there? I didn't stay through the credits. Oh, really? It, it was like the first like two minutes. You just up and leave. Yeah. yeah I like, didn't think there was going to be any Marvel style. No, no, it wasn't like that far back, but they like once the credits started, the song hit and then it was like, oh, yeah, here's here's her actually doing that pin mm. and then her getting awarded the belt and then her family kind of watching uh the the team of misfit kids were not there by the way in mm. the original footage but the blind kid wasn't there just no. listening but he was great by the way yeah. uh i think some of that that stuff was some of the strongest like the zach's sort of um coming to accept his uh role very important role yeah, yeah. like as sort of this masthead of outcasts lost boys whatever you want to call them it was a very mentory yeah it yeah. was great like he was literally getting a kid off the streets from like dealing drugs. Yeah, and a blind kid. Yeah. Teach him to wrestle. Very cool. Pretty cool. Very cool stuff. Also, it'd be so easy to beat the blind kid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could just kick his ass. Again, I maybe time. haven't learned anything, but I thought that wasn't the point. No, I know. Yeah. Um, all right. There was one other thing. Um, I wanted to throw this into my flick picks, actually, but instead I will do it here in Hot and Bothered. And I want to say that I watched a documentary called Vernon, Florida. I rented it on Amazon Prime. It's this brilliant documentary about the city of Vernon City's too strong word town boonie of Vernon, Florida place place the and location. It's, it's wonderful. I won't say much, but it basically just interviews like these five different dudes. One is a duck hunter and one is like this just super weird dude that says these wise things at random times. Um, it's like five bucks to rent. It's one of the best slice of life documentaries I've ever seen. Is there a point to it? Like, why are not we, really? Why are we in this place? It's just like it's a different side of society that I think, um, like, like what I mentioned earlier about the uh, the behind the curve. Like, you're you're so tempted by the end to like make fun of these people, whereas like Vernon, Florida, you easily could because they're uneducated by the book, and like you could just be like, ah, oh, these dumb peasants and their dumb way of life. But you're not like the way that it's filmed is like you just learn to appreciate them and appreciate hmm. sort of the simplicity of life. And it's, it's really beautifully done. Well, I grew up with poor people that duck hunted. So I Not feel like Florida, I can, you didn't feel it's like a I can different skip game. It. Well, people in Florida are really fucking. It's different. crazy. Also, if you're going to watch it, I didn't learn this till about halfway through, but you got to put on the subtitles. Cause my God, I don't watch anything without subtitles oh, ever. Yeah. Do you find it distracting though? Sometimes, but sometimes not because a lot of times dialogue is mixed at such a different volume. Like you can have like background music or right, something and right. it's hard to make out That's what true. they say. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like when necessary, it adds to the experience of any uh, movie or show. Sure. A great deal. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Vernon, Florida available on Amazon prime. Check watch it out. Watch it. If you, if you yeah. don't know any poor people, just no watch. Like, it's a you, good documentary. Like, you, why though? I because like you like it. get to watch poor people. No, they're not necessarily poor or I dumb mean, people in, in the context okay. of their, um, the context of their life. They're not, poor they're like just getting by they're, so they're the richest poor people they're just like people okay. you know they're people that that you you would never you never see this a lot of us would never see this um this side of humanity Poverty, humanity. Humanity. humanity okay what makes it so different though like sell me on this because i'm not buying it it's like um rich people going to the zoo and looking at how poor people live and calling it a documentary all right i will sell it to you specifically. <laughs> from what i've heard to you specifically this is a documentary that doesn't have an agenda. It's a movie that's not thrusting something down your throat. It's like you you can look at these people and you can just understand their life. And you don't have to – like we're not asked to pass judgment in any way. And it was so refreshing just like watch this unbiased view of, an, of a different life than I've ever seen before. Hmm. So it's literally about nothing. It's about them. You just them. go it's there about, and it's about see these what's up. Yeah. 
it's it's really really good all right yeah it's definitely sort of like a what might be considered a cult classic kind of movie it's from like 86 or something oh wow um so it's it's not a new thing but um i was turned on to it from a, a podcast that i listened to called movie crush with um with chuck bryant from the stuff you should know podcast he has his own hmm. movie it's really really good right. um and he was raving about it and so was his guest so i figured to check it out and it's like like 80 minutes long or something. Not even. Maybe it's just like an hour. All right. So Vernon, Florida. V-E-R-N-O-N comma Florida. Check it out. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Anyways, that's where I'm at. You have anything else you want to talk about? I think I'm good, man. In that case. Until next week, we're going to end this diddly dad. My name is Max Benardi. My name is Johnny Summers. We're Fresh Hop Cinema. Again, you can find us on all the social medias. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, untapped letterbox all at fresh hop cinema please remember to screenshot while you're listening post it on your story on instagram or facebook tell your friends about us tweet it we need that 24-hour commercial on your feed it helps us out and we want to keep doing this for you so let's just keep that rolling also next week uh we're going to be covering jordan peele's us oh my god which like i've been very diligent not watching trailers so i don't really and i think they've been doing a good job of like keeping it under wraps you're gonna poop your pants because there's some long trailers so so yeah i'm not gonna i've been like purposefully going to movies late you're pulling a johnny yeah exactly i hate Um, trailers so go go see us before uh next monday so you can listen all the way through the episode it'll be a i assume a really intense time um i mean it's a pretty light-hearted comedy so We'll see. Yeah, sure. And then once again, if you haven't had a chance, please rate and review us wherever you listen, Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or other things that you said earlier that I can't even remember. Yeah. Uh, And again, that's Johnny Summers. Join Patreon. Oh, yeah. And Patreon is a good one. We do cool stuff. Yep. I suppose. Yep. That's Max. I'm Johnny. And we will see you next week. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.